It's Friday, March 6th, and in today's episode of the Piopod, we'll be hearing the stories of three employees at the college. Employees of the college have been making their voices heard in recent weeks, with a February 26th phonathon rights rally and the passage of a resolution in support of student workers by Associated Students of Lewis and Clark. To delve deeper into a few of the many jobs that help LC function, we spoke with three employees at the college to hear their stories. First, we'll hear Mark Anthony's speech at the Phonathon Workers' Rights Rally, where students, with the support of Portland Industrial Workers of the World, rallied for higher wages. Then we'll hear from Caitlin Chow Issei, a student employee at The Bone, and Juan Morales, the Watsek Knight Librarian. I'm not able to work my way through college. 
I'm going to have debt despite the two jobs that I have. I would love to work my way through college like you did, but I'm not able to. So for that reason, and for the reason of reciprocity, I would do anything for this institution. It's my home. I'm so happy to be here with all of y'all on top of Palatine Hill. I could not be happier. I would do anything for this school, and all I ask is that it does the same for us. Here's Caitlin, a student employee at The Bone. Caitlin, thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. Uh, just start off, can you tell people what you what you do? Yes, so I'm a front of house um, dining hall employee at Fields Dining Hall, or as we like to call it, The Bone. Um, so essentially, every day you come into your shift and are not sure what you're going to do. You could be serving or running a station. Um, or working the door or salad bar or breaking people. So that's essentially what we do every day. Is the difference between the jobs that the, that the students do and the, the I guess, full-time staff? So recently, this semester, we've been having people being brought in who aren't student workers who are filling the front-of-house jobs, which normally is not the case. Normally, um, it's just students doing front-of-house, but the real full-time adult staff, I guess you could say, um, are supervisors and managers. And then there are also students who work in the back of house, but mainly it's older people. Mm -hmm. who are there so there are some students job. who actually cook the food? Yes, there are, I wanna say three or four who are working back of house all the time, mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, so I guess then, what, what, is, what has your experience been like working? The bone is, a bit difficult. I really enjoy it. Um, I I try to come to its defense whenever I can, but there are some difficulties with working there, and especially this semester, there's definitely been some upset over feeling like students are being pushed out because there are less student lead positions available, which is sort of the next step up, um, and also because there are people who are not students filling front of house jobs, but generally it's a pretty good experience as long as we're not running out of food, which <laughs> happens pretty often. Yeah. Do you know why that's happening? Why the, we're being pushed out? Yeah, why the leadership structure is changing? No, we don't really know, um, but it's very frustrating. And there was already frustration last semester. I've only worked for two semesters, but with student leads not being paid essentially anything more than regular student workers. So what's what's the point in taking on more responsibility? Mm. Um, and then we've had a few of them go study abroad, and now we only have two left, I think. So we don't really understand, but it seems like they're phasing that job out. Mm -hmm. Has that concern been at all brought to the management at all? Um, I'm sure it has. I haven't specifically done that, but there have definitely been complaints mm -hmm. from students mm -hmm. about it. Yeah. Um, I guess one of the things I was curious about just the, anything that that students right who don't who don't work at the bone wouldn't imagine goes on right just things that make the bone work that that students wouldn't have come to mind immediately. 
Yes. Well, I think there are definitely things that people who don't work at the bone um, say about the mm -hmm. bone that are unfair, I think. Um, definitely there are complaints that we don't, especially when we don't have food, that's a big deal. Um, but we'd like everyone to know that's not our fault. Um, there are issues constantly with just preparing enough and none of us really know why that is such a big problem for the bone, but it is. Um, and then also, I don't think that people realize that we are there before you get there and we are there after you leave. So a lot of my friends at least have been shocked that we set everything up and break everything down and clean every single surface in the place. Um, yeah, there's not a lot that goes on like behind the scenes during service hours, but we are at Fields Dining Hall for half an hour before we open and about an hour after we close. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm just as, as a employee, what are your thoughts on the food, right? I think everyone, everyone at Lucent Clark has an yes. opinion. Uh, what's yours? I honestly am here for the bone food. I don't think it is as terrible as people make it out to be. I think there are definitely people who grew up eating home-cooked meals for every meal all the time and maybe their parents are excellent cooks but I did not grow up with that my parents are fine at cooking but I was very self-sufficient so I just made a lot of my own food so I think it's great that you can just come in don't have to do anything and you can just eat as much food as you want and it's usually pretty good except there have been a few cases where it's not great <laughs> like the brown rice for example and the chicken which I agree are two not great things, but I was gonna ask you: Do you have like a favorite and a least favorite of the kind of the more least, recurring meals? Yeah, my least favorite thing is the chicken and brown rice because the brown rice, we are constantly taking things out of the shams, which are like essentially like fridges, but for keeping things hot, um, and and swapping them out and mixing them with the other food that's out right now, so that. We're constantly replenishing our stock. But the problem with rice is that you put it into the sham and it gets dried out and then you mix it with another pan, which has been sitting out. So it's mm -hmm. even more dried out. And then all the rice is crunchy and people think it's not cooked, but it's just too dry. Um, my favorite thing that the bone makes, I like lunches at the bone sometimes quesadilla days and grilled mm -hmm. cheese days those are the good ones yeah those are from my favorites <laughs> as well yeah um i'm just trying to think what 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 kind of people are curious about i i wonder if you have any thoughts on the on the um i guess something people at least my friends always bring up is is like on days where there's a lot of like prospective students on campus we get we have more desserts yes. um is that something that you see as a con like people in the bone make a con conscious decision some days I'm sure that the management does, mm -hmm. but we don't know when that's happening. We just are like, wow, the menu is going to be really great tonight or today. That's going to be bad for us because that means a lot of people are either coming and that's why the food is so good, or we're just going to get a lot of people who say, this looks good actually for once and I'm going to go eat to the bone. Um, but we we definitely don't like have insider info on that but it is 
a big deal when all the Prosby's show up because it's a lot of people. And it feels like, at least for me, it feels like we're responsible for showing them that this is great. So I'm extra nice to like prospective <laughs> students. Um, have you worked at all in any of like the, I guess, the bone like specialty days? Um, oh, like international days and yeah, any of those. I remember um, the citrus celebrations, stuff like that, yes. right? I have not worked on any of those crazy days, but I am working on Saturday at the international fair. Oh yeah, that's coming up. Yeah. yeah, I'm covering someone's shift, but I realize now why they were trying to get out of <laughs> it because that's going to be insane. But those are a nightmare, and I don't know if I'm ready to work those. Mm -hmm. can, you tell us, can you tell us at all what, what to expect from the International Fair? Yes. So the International Fair is essentially, at least this year, it's expanded. So there's multiple days and it's already going on. Mm -hmm. But normally it's just the Saturday day and students who are on the committee of international, I guess, like the international students of Lewis and Clark, um, they round up people from all different groups around the world and the students come in and cook all their food so it's free for everyone to come in which again lots of people will come mm -hmm. because no meal swipe um <laughs> <laughs> but th apparently they come in and cook everything and it's in the bone but it's also in stam and it will basically just be a big nightmare for us and for most people i'm assuming who are trying to come mm -hmm. because there will probably we will probably exceed a thousand people. I'm assuming. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because when the thing special, more more people show up. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Every night we have seven hundred to eight hundred for dinner, so a free event will be crazy. Are there days of the days of the week that are regularly less attended? Yeah, I think Sundays are a day when not everyone's coming to dinner. People are stressed or they're gone they're on trips um and especially when we come back at least when we came back from winter break there was no one in the first week um of school not really sure why but that's definitely a day but like thursdays and fridays are crazy because people are getting their food before they go out or go to read mm -hmm. or whatever mm -hmm. Can you speak at all to like the work environment, right? Working, working with students, serving other students, and working with working with adults, right, in the same work environment. Yes. Uh, what that's like? Yeah. Um, working with other students is great for the most part. Um, it's nice because you get to meet people from all the grade levels and you know commiserate over whatever's going on. Um, serving students is mostly okay. It, it can be awkward to work for, at least as some people view it, work for other, your peers. Um, and some people definitely abuse that. Um, there are some people who will come into the bone and just completely disregard the fact that they're in the same class as you and treat you like, you know, a commodity. Um, so that can be frustrating. And management is pretty good for the most part. Um, yeah, we work closely with the kitchen more than I thought that we would coming into it because there's so much going on all the time that um, we're definitely in contact with. We have a supervisor for each shift. Um, 
but then we also have the head chef and executive chef and everyone who's running your station. So you're definitely getting a lot, at least we are definitely getting a lot of experience working with management and Mm -hmm. it's not just students running the show. What's your favorite, I guess, station to work at and at least favorite station or like, or is there, is there any consensus among the employees? The coveted position is the door because you don't have to do anything. You're swiping people in and at least for me, it's great because I get to say hi to everyone. Um, which I love doing and is the reason why I think I like service jobs, um, at least for now. But <laughs> the the worst, I don't think there's a worse position, but the most stressful positions are running stations because if you're just serving, then you're just serving, or if you're breaking people, then you're you know, working each job for 10 minutes. Um, but runners basically are like, the oil in the machine. They have to mm-hmm. make sure that the food is getting placed on to, you know, the heat and the chefs are making more food when we're running out and that such and such person has to get their individual cream cheese. Like that's what mm-hmm. runners mm-hmm. do. So that's stressful. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Are any foods harder, like like significantly harder to, to serve the way where like when you see it on the menu, you're like, Oh man, today's going to be rough. Oh, there, well, there are days when, Something's going to be rough when something is good. Mm -hmm. Um, So if we have burgers or French fries are like scary because everyone comes and says, can I just get fries or can I just get tater Mm -hmm. tots? Um, But you know, it's really hard to serve is pasta for some reason and noodles because we serve them with tongs. No one knows why. Most of the time we serve Mm -hmm. them with tongs and that's just like physically difficult to serve. But any time there's something good at the bone, everyone be extra nice to us because those are the days when we're working the hardest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kind of on that, on that note, yeah, is there anything you, I guess, want students, right, right, I guess, at the bone who don't work there to know about your guys' experience? I guess, yeah. I would say the bone is unique on campus because it is one of the only if not the only non-work study job and although I for example have work study I was not able to get a work study job Um, so there are lots of people who are going through the bone and I think once you have worked at the bone you have more empathy for people who work there Um, but I would say treat us like you would treat any other service employee we are still getting paid minimum wage to stand on our feet, serving person after person, constant requests from everyone all around for four hours. So, you know, as much as we are happy to serve you and talk and be friendly, we also need to (laughs) be treated like people, which is not often a problem, but Mm. it sometimes is. Awesome, yeah. Any, I guess any, Memories or stories that come to mind when you think about your experience at the Bone? Um, there are lots of... I I would say everyone who works at the Bone makes a lot of friends with the people around them. And so I guess... I don't know if I have a specific memory, but um, last semester I worked every shift 
with, you know, you work every shift with the same people. It's kind of just like nice to come and commiserate with everyone, mm -hmm. just about life in general. Mm -hmm. Kind of shared camaraderie. Yeah, it's a good place to vent. <laughs> yeah. Is there anything you wish the bone did differently? Just right, as someone who sees the the, the machine working, what what could what you would want them to change? Yes. Well, I just brought this up to my supervisor the other day because there the other night we had paper plates instead of regular mm -hmm, plates mm -hmm. um, because we there were not enough people in the dish room, so there weren't enough people. Um, to wash the dishes in order for us to have dishes the next day. So instead of piling those on for those two people, we just decided to do paper plates. Um, and so we had trash cans by the dish mm -hmm. pit, which is where everyone takes their dishes. And that was amazing because I have to clean the dish pit at the end of the night, which means like hosing it down and pulling scraps of food out from the drain. And it's disgusting. Mm -hmm. Um, and there was essentially nothing in there because it was all in the trash. And I said to Daniel, why don't we have trash cans all the time? Which I think a lot of people have wondered about the bone. But I found out that people had been throwing away forks on accident mm. and like entire plates and cups. So the dish cleaning people were having to dig those things out. So... That's something that is frustrating about the bone, but I now realize that I guess it's more efficient in the mm -hmm. end. And also our ketchup, which is a consistent problem at the bone, and I don't understand why it has not been fixed, but that is so frustrating. Just the ketchup machine doesn't work? Yeah, it just breaks all the time. We have a new one, but it's still a little problematic. But before we had like the lever that would always snap off and people would grab a spoon and dig no. into the ketchup, and it was disgusting, because that's totally not sanitary. Mm -hmm. So I wonder why we don't have ketchup bottles, and no one really knows, mm -hmm. but that's really frustrating. Yeah, kind of in that vein, I guess the grossest thing you've had to do, like the grossest thing you've seen at the bone, and there's a whole Instagram account dedicated to this. <laughs> <laughs> yes, cursed bone images. Um, the grossest thing, I don't know. The thing that I'm thinking about was from my Starbucks job and we once someone threw up in the store, so we had to clean that up. <laughs> so I don't think anything will beat that, but just, I don't, I don't like the cucumbers on the wall. I don't, people put the cucumbers on the glass and it's just, sometimes we'll come back like weeks later mm -hmm. and no one will have spotted it. And it's just like, we have to like scrape it off the scrape it off the glass because it's where? still stuck there. Just all the glass like windows of the of the dining hall. People put cucumbers on those. Yeah. Huh. People stick cucumbers wow. on okay. them. Okay. But no one will notice. Mm -hmm. And then like weeks later there's like a dried cucumber and now all the mm -hmm. the stickiness is has stuck it to the window <laughs> for weeks. Yeah. Um but also yeah, cleaning the dish pit is the worst because people are gross. Mm -hmm. And they will put like whole pieces of cake or bread um, into on their plate and take it to the dish pit, and then maybe it accidentally falls and they don't pick it up right then. Mm -hmm. But then later on, like three hours later, we come back and it's like clogged up the whole thing, mm -hmm. and it's that's not fun to clean. Has working at the bone at all changed how 
you experience the bone as a customer, right? Since you eat there as well. Yeah. I think I came in to the bone, like not without working there, still pretty happy with the food because I know friends at my other schools who don't eat at their cafeteria because it's that bad. Um, but I still will come to the bone now with more appreciation for everything that's going on. Yeah, and I'm more happy to go there because I get to see people that I like. Up next, we'll hear from Watsek Night Librarian Juan Morales. We spoke with him during his shift, which runs from midnight to 8 a.m. All right, I'm here with Mr. Morales, the Watsek Library Night Librarian. Um, Charles, thank you for joining us. Oh, thank you. I'm happy to be here with you. Yeah, and actually, right now it's, it's midnight. We're here in the, in the library. Yes. Uh, Mr. Ross, can you tell us what you what you do here? Well, I think the main purpose of me being here is to keep the services of the library available for the students. Um, yeah, throughout the night. Mm -hmm. uh, so, what does that look like? What does what your what does your kind of routine look like throughout the shift? Well, my, my routine is basically work with books, processing books, uh, checking in books, checking out books, and then uh, managing the uh, lending side of the summit, uh, which is borrowing books from other libraries from Oregon and Washington. Oh, to, 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 I also repair books. Quite often some of, some of the books are damaged, so I repair them before sending them. What is it? What does your kind of weekly schedule look like, right, with this kind of unconventional job time? Well, uh, my, my main thing is uh, to manage my sleep during the day, mm -hmm. uh, to be able to function well throughout the night. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I want to always be like uh, at the peak of, I want this to be like my day. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so for that, I need to get probably between eight or nine hours of sleep. Yeah. When do you then? You, when do you usually go to bed then? Like in the morning. This morning, I I, I went home and I went uh, I went to bed about probably like ten o'clock, nine o'clock, yeah. and then I woke up at three. So I said, well, so I did some errands, mm -hmm. and then come back home about six thirty or so. By by seven, I went back to sleep mm -hmm. until about ten o'clock. Okay, yeah. So, so you have a chance to. Go out during the daytime. Yeah, I think uh, this job uh, allow, gives me the flexibility to do a, a lot of uh, uh, errands uh, during the day that in a normal job I couldn't do. Because mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah, usually you would be you would be working all day, anyways. Uh, yeah. So yes. Uh, yeah. It's uh, it's pretty pretty. I think this gives me like a kind of a leisure lifestyle. <laughs> um. Right, so my next question is: yeah, how did how did you come to be the the Watsik Night Librarian? How oh, I started working here, yeah. So uh, at that time, uh, my, at that time, my 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 activities were a little bit different. Mm -hmm. At that time, uh, there was no summit. It was called Orbis, mm -hmm. and it was basically like six, seven different libraries. And uh, at that time, also we did. Uh, uh, ILL, mm -hmm. Interlibrary Loans, uh, and at that time, I, uh, yeah, it, it was a different set of activities back then. Mm -hmm. I guess, yeah, for, for people who 
who are normally here in the night, right? What, what's kind of the experience like of, of being here, right? All you only see the library at nighttime. Um, what's that experience like? Well, um, this is like home to me. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I'm, I'm I'm very comfortable uh, with whatever is happening here. Mm -hmm. I I also know that I'm the only person, uh, so. I never know what issues are going to show up at the library, so I have to make uh, calls. Like, mm -hmm. um, if there's a problem, I might have to call campus safety. Mm -hmm. And if there's a problem that my supervisor, I'm not going to call my supervisor at this time for a problem, so I solve the problem and uh, have the students resolve whatever the problem is and go home and sleep. Mm -hmm. Because you're really the only person. Yes. Yeah. Uh, what do you think the, I guess the, uh, well, what do you, what do you see as kind of the experience of students, or, or you've, you've seen lots of students here over the years, right, um, studying, I guess, what, have you observed anything about that? Uh, I think, uh, many students develop a routine. Mm -hmm. Some of them work consistently, consistently throughout the night, mm -hmm. uh, over the years. Mm -hmm. uh, and usually they have a, a spot that okay. they prefer and throughout one or two years they always at the same spot with the same hours. Mm -hmm. Those are some students you see, you see a lot. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, is there anything right, just that comes to mind to you as, as things, you, things you've noticed? Um, yeah, th things you've noticed that working here um, that come to mind all? Well, the thing that I noticed is, uh, uh, it's like uh, the ability to focus on their projects. Uh, you see students, I, I see students three or four hours sitting at night working on a project, undisturbed by anybody, mm -hmm. and I think uh, that's something that they really enjoy. Yeah, I think some of some students have a preference for these hours. Mm -hmm. Do you see it, as, you see it as important that the library be open, be open all day long? I, I think, uh, I think uh, I'm kind of, I'm proud to be, to be at one of the libraries that offers those services mm -hmm. 24 hours during the week. Mm -hmm. uh, that way uh, students don't have limits mm -hmm. on the use of the library. Can you tell us a little about just what, right, what that's like for, for, for your personal life, right? Uh, working, working kind of unconventional hours? Well, I I enjoyed this shift. I it was by accident that I began working at night, and over the time I learned to love it. Mm -hmm. And uh, well, I have limits because uh, uh, other times that I'm awake, many of my friends uh, are sleeping, so I cannot disturb them. So my social life usually is limited to the weekend. Mm -hmm. So on the weekend, you don't follow. You don't. Follow the kind of same sleep schedule. Well, uh, during the weekend, I don't have the pressure of, of having to be up mm -hmm. at midnight mm -hmm. here. So uh, during the weekend, uh, if I if I wake up at three in the morning, it's alright. I don't have to mm -hmm. be here. So you can almost sleep in. Until yeah. Three. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, I just follow whatever comes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but but during the week, I have to be disciplined because I know that I'm the only person here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What do you think makes makes working at night different from from the, the experience at a at a job with, with regular daytime hours? 
Well, I think uh, during the daytime hours, uh, I don't really know because I don't. I don't grasp how life would be like in the library during the daytime. I imagine it's crowded at times, and mm-hmm. uh, and so I, I I couldn't tell you that. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I remember you mentioned you were you mentioned how it's less stressful, right? How it's less stressful at night. Oh, oh, that part I do like it. Uh, on my way to work, I'm, basically, I'm the only car on on the freeway to get here. And during the day, as I go home, I I notice a, a lot of drivers uh, speeding, tailing me, and uh, doing crazy things. And I think they're stressed because for, they could be late for work, and uh, they're putting in danger other people's lives. Not I'm not saying that, but. The, the potential to have a stressful life increases a lot during the day. Mm-hmm. Do you think that it kind of just your hours lend for a much much more relaxed? Um, I have a very re- relaxed life. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I get up in the mo- I come out of the house, get in my car, and have a very pleasant drive. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so when I by the time I get here, it's I'm come totally relaxed and. So my purpose here is like uh, to be relaxed and uh, have students also enjoy that relaxation. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, have a, you have a relatively long shift, or midnight to late in the morning. Yeah. Um, what do you do in times when there when there isn't right books to file uh, or students to help? Well, like I just, might watch a video on YouTube or or, or read some some of the news. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm from Mexico. Sometimes I, I get in, engaged in uh, issues in the Hispanic world. Yeah, yeah. Do you ever read books from the like from the library's collection? I haven't. I haven't read any any lately. Yeah. It's because I'm also trying to to write a book, and so I'm in the process of yeah. uh, doing research and oh. focusing uh, on on how I want to present it. Mm-hmm. What are you What are you writing about? Well, right, right now I'm I'm trying to read about psychopaths, psychopathy, yeah. and and the ability of uh, uh, successful psychopaths to to mislead people and, and people that get away with uh, all kinds of lies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, one of the things that I notice about psychopaths, mm-hmm. they don't have a fear. Mm-hmm. They don't have conscience. Uh, they're good liars, and uh, sometimes they, they get uh, people. They always they do damage to many people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, another one of the questions I had is uh, how busy the library is usually right during the night, and if there's a time that's busier, um, or, or kind of yeah, what time? Oh, oh, yeah. Towards midterms and finals, it gets extremely busy. Mm-hmm. Quite often, as I walk throughout the library, I see students sleeping under the tables, <laughs> uh, in the in uh, in the study rooms. Uh, they're sleeping. You know, yeah. they're too tired, and so mm-hmm. uh, sometimes it's like a, a war zone. Uh, bodies everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> like a war scene, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just passed out students everywhere. Yeah, yeah, and that happens more towards finals. And yeah, uh, at times it's very. I, I 
well, I can feel their stress. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so then yeah, because that the workload sometimes is too much. Mm -hmm. And then there's more people yes. coming in. How many people would you say are here on kind of an average night? Well, uh, let's say sometimes about uh, on average of twenty. When by the time by, by the time I come here at midnight, mm -hmm. it's about twenty twenty five, and then goes up and down because sometimes there's students that come at five o'clock in the morning. Mm -hmm. Oh, who get here very early. Then. Yeah, so but uh, there's times when there's practically nobody. So and yet we still have to be open. Be open, yeah, in case someone yeah someone wants to come, yeah. yeah. I guess then, yeah, do you have any other thoughts, just anything that comes to mind, anything we haven't talked about, um, about this job? Well, I invite students to come and check it out. After midnight, they can, they can come on their pajamas. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a whole different library. I hope so. Yeah. That's it for the ninth episode of the Piopod. We hope you enjoyed it. The Piopod is now on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Find us there or follow The Pioneer Log on Facebook and Instagram for updates. If you have ideas for stories you want The Pioneer Log to cover, contact us at thepiopod at lclark.edu or visit our website at piolog.com. Thanks for listening and we will see you all on March 20th. <laughs>